Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Brandon Ward. Episode 12 today. Crazy. Been doing this for three months now. It's been very exciting. I hope you are enjoying the show so far. Looking to really expand upon a lot of the concepts that we've been talking about in the podcast and offer some courses, things that will hopefully be helpful to you, the listeners, and those who are seeking to improve and build, learn, grow. The upside that I love about doing this work is that it forces me to learn and be more intellectual around these ideas more educated around these ideas. It's reactivating a learning and reading habit that has been challenging balancing with a child. So today, we're going to be discussing our masculine and feminine energies within us and how we can work to balance those energies, what they are, the archetypes that are often associated with them, taking action based on our energetic dynamic, and looking at the social influences on that internal dynamic, and ultimately, what do we do with all this knowledge, this information, this energy within us? So I think first things first is that we all have masculine and feminine energies. And <clears throat> in our society today, there is a larger discussion around gender, biology, sexuality that's happening. That's not what this is regarding. The concepts of energetic components of masculine and feminine energy are very different than biological or gender-based ideologies and things of that nature or the components of biology. They are related in some ways, but in many ways not. And so the idea is that each of us has a variety of this balance within us. and that variety depends upon who we are. It's the makeup of our soul balance, our soul energy. It's the embodied version of who we are in the flesh. And that balance of masculine and feminine energy is what brings us, is what is how we express ourselves uniquely within the universe structure. And so we all live and exist on a scale, the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative polarization effectively. So we are a balance in that polarity and understanding that polarity, that balance is crucial to our self-knowledge to find fulfillment, to find happiness, to find peace within ourselves. And so a lot of this does not depend upon gender. That's an important thing to note. So it does vary for each of us. You can be a biological male and be very femininely oriented, feminine, energetically feminine oriented. You can be a biological female and be very masculine oriented, energetically wise. There's also 
realities that there are biological elements to gender. I'm not going to go into that today. Obviously, that's a topic for another time, perhaps. But there's a lot of information around how some men and women are born with different biological distinctions that influence testosterone levels, estrogen levels, things of that nature. That's not what we're talking about here again. This is energetic. And so by understanding who we are and realizing that we all have a balance of masculine and feminine energies within us, we can start to realize that by doing so is part and understanding this is part of our process of self-awareness, of self-knowledge. Know thyself. That's the whole game is making sense of who we are and how all this stuff expresses itself in our lives. And the key here is becoming conscious of these ideas, concepts, this, these, this energy so that we can navigate and balance these energy in our lives and live more fulfilling existence, live a more fulfilling existence. And so knowing that we have these things, all of us have this, it will vary dependent upon who we are, what makes us unique, our spiritual makeup. And so understanding these balances, this dynamic is crucial and the qualities of each. So there's archetypes effectively. And when we look at, there's been a lot of great, very intelligent individuals who have covered things of this nature. One of my personal favorites is Carl Jung, as he's a Swiss psycho, psychoanalyst and psychologist, and he, a psychiatrist, he did a ton of work around these archetypes, this masculine and feminine energy. And so looking at these things from an archetypal perspective, Jung explained this as he he envisioned the masculine and feminine energies within us as the anima and animus and effectively the they are the indwelling masculine and feminine energies that we all possess. So from his perspective, the anima was thought to be the feminine part of a man's soul and the animus refers to the masculine part of a female soul. So it's built around these raw forms of energy and these archetype concepts. So when we're thinking about concepts and we're looking at what are some of the archetypes of the masculine, like in its highest quality, you're looking at, and again, this does not tie back to gender. It does not. If you're a female or a male, this does not mean you are going to just naturally do these things. We have to develop them. So understanding what they are, though, allows us to navigate and manage this energy. So the masculine traditionally has been associated with rational and logical thoughts, the ability to be non-attached and clearly think about things. The ability to construct by so building, producing, creating through sustained effort and application, a very physical aspect of production, the ability to create, produce, build, bring things to life in that sense, a strong center, so balanced, grounded, centered, at peace. There's external strength, 
associated with this, a, a strength about a personality. There's the idea that there's a bridge to the knowledge and creative thoughts, so bringing the creative thoughts to life, problem-solving, groundedness. These are often associated with masculinity and the masculine energy, and you can see that reflected in both men and women if depending on how they are navigating and operating as an individual. Now, there are negative aspects of this, like when we are unaware of these pieces or we are allowing these energetic components to rule our inner worlds without our participation, what ends up happening are the negative side of the masculine, which can, which can be know-it-all behavior. There can be bullying associated with this, sadism, so that a desire to create pain in others they want to control, they're loud, the inability to relate to others. So it's very cold and callous, the disconnect of feeling purely logical and calculated. There's no feeling center or meaningful relation there. So those are some of the components of the masculine traditionally. It will vary. Now, so this is where the scale really comes into play, but we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. The next piece is the feminine, or as Jung called it, the anima. And so when we're looking at the healthy expressions of this, it's often shown as soothing, nurturing, loving, softness, gentleness, caring, the creative inspiration. So accessing that deep, infinite creative pool having a strong center and contained inner life. So often the masculine is external. The feminine is typically associated with the internal life. So a rich, full inner life. Empathy is another big piece of this. The ability to make intuitive-based decisions and judgments beyond a, a traditional linear logical path. So very non-linear thinking very intuitive, access to the feeling life, really feeling deeply, feeling things just as they are, and being able to connect and relate to others, to care, nurture, listen, be soft, gentle, easy, light, free. These are components typically with associated with the feminine. And this is its beauty, right? This elegance art, creativity, all of these things are often associated with the feminine. Then you have the kind of unhealthy aspects of that, which is when it's uncontained, can seek constant external affirmation because there's no internal anchoring, which is so paramount to the feminine. A lacking of creativity, there's a moodiness, a gripiness, a sensitivity of anger, of quick to be annoyed, snippy, there's not a relatedness. There's not the ability to connect with other people. There's a very isolating feeling in those relationships. It's the desire to want to be hurt, to be dominated, to be self-loathing and self-destroying. So masochistic, greedy or grasping, clinging. You're coming from a place of lack. So there's, there's a greediness there. And self-centered is, again, it ties back to a lot of this. So when you look at the archetypes of masculine and feminine energy, again, this is not tied to gender, but this is about how these energies live in each of us. 
and how we can balance these energies. And so there's a scale within each of us that we have to take the time to learn and understand how this relates to each of us. So it's going to vary, but we all have aspects of this. All of us have aspects of both the masculine and the feminine. But what will draw us out into the world and our creative expression will be based upon our ability to connect with this inner energetic balance and learn about these pieces of ourselves. So as a child, as an example, I was very attuned to the feminine aspects of myself. It had a lot to do with the fact that I grew up, I think mostly was around women and that tend to be more of a natural approach. So I developed a lot of this kind of intuitive, empathetic, and to be honest, I had to navigate situations based upon people's moods and feelings that I had nothing to do with as a child, but I had to be aware of so that I could dance around feelings and moods of others. So my ability to empathize, to tune in, to be intuitive with others was really a necessity of survival in many ways. This is often what is in Alice Miller, as I've talked about before, the the drama of the gifted child. The gifted child is not some special child in that sense. Like it's the fact that the gifted child learns to learn learns to navigate the feelings and moods of those around us, particularly our parents often, and how we navigate that, those environments and our ability to manage those situations is what she defines as the drama of the gifted child. That's the gifted ability is to suppress ourselves and to navigate a scenario. And so as a child, I was very attuned to these feminine, more feminine aspects of myself. And it paid dividends for me and still does. But I was deeply depressed and I was deeply unhappy for years and years of my life, particularly in my 20s and 30s, early 30s, as I started to make the shift. It wasn't until I realized that I was missing the masculine aspects of myself, the desire to be logical, the desire to think deeply, the desire to be action-oriented, the desire to get out and engage with the world head on, to speak my truth, to be free, to act as I would within myself, and to leverage the thinking mind that I had been given. And it wasn't until that point in my life that things really started to change for me. And I began to find balance and peace in myself because I realized that this was a key component to my happiness. My personal fulfillment was activating my inner masculine. I had suppressed much of my masculine. I didn't have a great relationship with my father, rest in peace, pops, until later in life because I finally had begun to heal my inner masculine aspects, which allowed me to open up to my father and us to have a fulfilling relationship because of my own connection to my inner masculine. And that happened through scouring books and the internet, learning, listening to people about what are healthy concepts and ideas of masculinity. And so a lot of this work has driven me to do the things that I'm doing now. I'm very passionate about finding this healthy masculine expression because I don't think there's much of it at all in our world. And so that balance of masculine and feminine energy within each of us is so crucial to find. And we have to do that by taking the time to explore, as we've talked about in past episodes, spending time with ourselves, 
walking in nature, thinking away from our phones, away from music, away from lyrics, away from entertainment, all of those things, being with ourselves, allowing ourselves to reflect on our mind, our feelings, and exploring the stories that those emotions, thoughts, and feelings have for us. This is how we discover who we are. And so once we begin to understand our balance, our inner balance of what makes sense for us, what works, what's healthy, what's not, we can then activate our full selfhood because we need both aspects of this energy. We are both feminine and masculine. I have found that I feel like I'm about 70-30, maybe 75-25, masculine-feminine. That's what seems about my balance. But I recognize the importance of intuition, of feeling, of empathy, of relating, of creativity, of exploring that great unknown. When you think about the powers that when you look at genders and you see how they're often stereotypically expressed, that's a reflection of this energetic abilities that we have. The feminine is truly the source and creativity, the creative expression of, of life. It's the infinite pool of existence that we all pull from. It's where we seed and then life is born. That's incredible. But the masculine is the forceful seed that's dropped in. It's the shape that becomes over time. It's the action the shaping of that form that turns into expression, specific creative expression over time. So it's the dynamic of both of those working together that enables us to live and create as we are, to be as we are. And we've been designed this way. The universe is built this way around these dynamics of masculine and feminine, positive and negative, yin and yang. It's reflected throughout all cultures. If you look, and so by exploring our balance, by understanding who we are, by activating these pieces of ourselves, we can begin to heal and become more whole as a people. And once we begin to understand who we are, we can take action around these things. But, I th but first, before we get into the action piece of this, it's important to understand the social influences on our internal dynamic. And stereotypes exist for a reason. It's often because there's a, a truths to them. That does not mean it's true for all people. But when we're looking at masculine and feminine energies, society can influence us in a good way and in a bad way. There are healthy and unhealthy aspects of these influences. It's natural. We're all a part of a group, a larger collective. And naturally, we will be influenced by these things. But what ends up happening, though, is when our, if our natural state is inverted or different than what stereotypes often reflect, we can create internal struggle with ourselves to fit a mold that doesn't align with who we truly are. That's one of the dangers is that the stereotypes are pressed upon us when it doesn't resonate with who we truly are. Now... I do think it's important to note that just because we feel energetically different than societal stereotypes does not mean that we necessarily have to make physical changes. I think 
it's first so important to explore these energetic internal concepts before we would ever consider doing any kind of physical external based changes. Internal changes are the things that anchor to reality and reality is expressed and built upon from within. So going about it externally first, from my perspective, is often doing things backward and will generally create more problems than it will solutions. And I think we're experiencing that right now as a society. But again, that's a topic for a different time. Understanding this internal dynamic and how societal influences and stereotypes can often conflict with who we are internally Recognizing that conflict, if we don't feel aligned with society's ideas of who we are and what we are, then we have to explore those differences. We have to understand why do I feel differently? Why do I feel? That's why for me, I never aligned with just the hardcore masculine dude. I felt that 30%, that feminine aspect within me all of my life, and it served me well. So I could never deny that. It never felt right denying that. But as a child, thinking deeply, feeling deeply, I should say feeling in this emotional sense was problematic for many of my family members and friends because I felt very deeply and I was a boy. It didn't make sense to them. So that created a lot of friction. It wasn't until I got older and I began to balance myself that I realized this is just the nature of who I am. And who cares what society thinks? Society doesn't have the, it's not cornering truth. And truthfully, society is so mixed up and messed up on so many levels that looking to our social structure often just brings more chaos and pain than needed. So by understanding these components and understanding how society can influence us, we can learn. So it's one, recognizing stereotypes that may not align with us, but it's also two, recognizing stereotypes that do align with us. This was something for me when I began to connect to my masculine self, I realized, wow, actually, I am pretty masculine and I do love a lot of these masculine things and it actually feels really good to embrace this stuff. And as I did that, I really started to find happiness and peace within myself, something that I had never felt before. And so... That change by embracing the common stereotypes actually helped me as well. So we don't need to resist things for the sake of resisting. Take what works and leave the rest. There will be stereotypes that align with who you are and that resonate. There will also be stereotypes that don't, that turn you away, that push away. So be true to both of those. There is no 100% certainty on these things. It's about being open exploring, empathetic, loving, and accepting of who we are, regardless of what the world around us is saying. And so we can continue on that. So finding those stereotypes that also align with who we are is a very powerful perspective to take. And I think the danger that we're facing right now as a society is the energy that lives within us is different from the biological aspect. And I think a lot of people right now are grappling. They have not yet embraced and understood the internal energetic dynamic that exists within each of us. The masculine and feminine components live within each of us. Right now, this conversation, though, is being pushed outside of us 
which makes us vulnerable to external manipulations. And from a societal structure perspective, those who seek to control and dominate at a societal level, and there will always be those types of people. It's always been true throughout history. I don't see that going away. It's how we balance that dynamic and how we interact with it is what makes the difference. And so understanding that there is impetus to focus ourselves outside of who we are and listen and lean into the social structure, knowing that there's reason behind that, it's meant to keep us caught in that machine. So right now, this dynamic that we're talking about around biology, sexuality, gender, I see a lot of that coming from our lack of internal work, our internal acceptance of this dynamic that exists within each of us that's unique, and our desire to be externally accepted and think about and focus on external validation. That's been... I see, from my perspective, a huge part of this problem because we're focusing our energy outside of ourselves on changing other people and forcing other people to view us in certain ways, whereas the work that truly allows us to be free is within ourselves. When we free ourselves from the opinions of others and how they view us and their thoughts of us, we truly become empowered beings to live and honor who we are, regardless of what the world says or thinks. That's a much more powerful position than running around and trying to force people to believe or think things in a certain way. I just, to me, it's a fruitless effort that many are choosing to go upon. That's their free, their ability and freedom to do so. But I just think that it's going to be a continued failed effort as we're seeing. And I think it's just going to continue to create more problems until we recognize this internal balance who we are and what we need. And that ties into the final piece of the show today, which is taking action based on our energetic dynamic. And this is the key part of learning about all of these things is it's once we begin to understand who we are, the energy, the dynamic of who we are, we can look at what we need and desire. We can actually start to surface what do we truly need? What do we really desire? What is it that we need in our life today that we haven't had so far. Another example, right? And I keep going back to this because it's been my experience and it's what it's all I know. And so I began to realize as I activated my masculine and connected with my masculine energy that I was missing so much of that. I was missing the logical thinking. I was missing the action-oriented life. I was missing a lot of the very physically related activities that I was drawn to as a child. I was missing so much of that. I needed my masculine energy. And so as I started to realize that and I started to change my life and make decisions around my needs, I started to do different activities. I started to live different ways. And so I started getting into things that I really enjoyed, lifting heavy, looking at, truthfully, like for me as a man, I realized how much I love sports. I love physical activity. I love guns and learning about guns and technology and just physical things. I got really into a lot of different aspects of physical reality that were really engaging to me. And so 
it was understanding who I was and what I needed that allowed me to start really truly living my life in an honest reflection of who I was. It also led me to realize that I genuinely wanted connection. I wanted a loving relationship. I wanted a family. All of these things became because I was able to connect with who I am in its truest form and allow those needs and desires to surface. And so this also plays into how we interact in our relationships, in our friendships, in our partnerships. Understanding our own personal balance allows us to interact and engage with others based on their own balance. And what we can do is if we find a good balance in ourselves, we can find those partners that are ideal for us, that match that balance, that allow us to live a healthy life together based on what we know ourselves to be. Now, often though, what happens is, and this was how I was, I hadn't connected with my masculinity. And so I was seeking partners to fill that void. And what I was doing was finding often women who were very masculine oriented because I was seeking my masculine, but I was seeking it in others instead of seeking it in myself. And by doing that, I blinded myself from what was there. And I was finding and drawing in partners into my life that were actually a mismatch because I didn't need masculine partners. I needed my masculine self. And it wasn't until I realized that that finding a ma- finding my own masculine self and then cre- creating that da- dynamic and balance within myself allowed me to draw in a partner that reflects more of what I needed, which was actually a more feminine balanced partner, which is what my wife is. And it happened naturally based on my own relationship with myself. And so what activates us is what drives our expression. That's what creates our desire to expression. This inner balance is what pushes us to act and live in the world. And so when we think about the things that turn us on, that activate us, that pull us to them, these are stories. These are elements of ourselves seeking expression in the world. We talked a little bit about on this on the last episode, but getting into those things that pull us, that activate us, that drive us are critical to express these healthy elements of ourselves. And that takes time to explore. But once we find those things that activate us and turn us on, as an example, I'm deeply into philosophy, religion, spirituality, masculinity, thinking. These things are activities that I denied for a long time and have now brought about a great kind of revolution in my life in a very powerful way. And so you can find those things too. It's just taking the time to explore who you are and following what it is that activates you. All right, folks, that'll be it for today's show. I'm really loving this. I hope you are too. As you know, I'll be back at it next week as well. I'm going to focus this month's newsletter on individualism, seeing that this was the it's July. This was the the in, the month of our independence of 1776 here in America. So it's been a few hundred years. But I want to talk about that and how that ties back to our individualization, how this ties back to our inner work that we all must do if we wish to find fulfillment and progress as a species. So I'm excited to get into that newsletter for this month. But 
We'll continue to ideate on show episodes and do the thing that we're doing here at Order Within. So I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, I would really appreciate some share and some love to provide that to others who may benefit from the work that we're doing here. So anyways, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.